to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's time to get out into the great outdoors, celebrating the goodness of the Most High. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Today, we will share about Sukkot, the Moed where we are commanded to live in booths for seven days. For us, this was a real stretch, but we are happy to stretch for our Elohim now that we know this is for all believers. Let's get started. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our new website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Spreaker, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a special shout out to our friends in California and Canada. At the time of this recording, we've just come out of Yom Kippur 2020. And the next holiday or holy time is coming up in a few days. In the days before Yom Kippur, Christian pastors were moved to call for a time of prayer and fasting. There was a national day of prayer in Washington, D.C., just a day before Yom Kippur. It was exciting to see pastors moved to do what the scripture says we should be doing at this time. May we all be echad, or one, before the Most High Elohim. To get there, those of us who understand and observe his set-apart times may need to put aside the temptation to tell the pastors that they are late to the party. We all need Elohim to open our eyes at some point, and it is only by His mercy that we have the privilege of celebrating these times. You're so right, Daddy. By Jehovah's mercy, we are here. Because time is winding up, we just want everyone in and outside of church to know what the Ruach HaKodesh has shown us. That is that the Torah is for today. So, let's get started with the question, what is Sukkot? Check out our podcast, episode 10, entitled Sukkot, for more information. But to give a summary, Leviticus 23, verse 34, tells us what Jehovah told Moshe. It reads, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. The Bible says that, For those seven days, Israel is to dwell in booths, give specific offerings to Jehovah, and feast and rejoice before him. This is to be celebrated at the same time every year. On the first day of this celebration, there is a holy convocation or rehearsal, and no work is to be done. On the eighth day, there is to be another holy convocation where no work is done. Now, I know I said that this was a seven-day celebration, but we'll talk more about the eighth day later in the podcast. In Zechariah, we read about how Yehovah moved on King Cyrus to let the Judean exiles go back to their homeland. He also gave them resources to rebuild the temple. At one point, the people began to be discouraged because of all the opposition they were getting from their Persian neighbors. But Zechariah encouraged them with a prophetic message from Yehovah found in chapter 14. Now this message sounds a lot like a description of Yom Kippur and Sukkot. 
In our last podcast, we talked about Yom Kippur being a day of atonement, a day of covering of our sins. It also foreshadows the day of the Lord, a day like no other. Israel will be invaded by enemies who will initially be successful in their fight against them. Starting at verse 3, the scripture says, Then Yehovah will go out and fight against those nations as he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. You, Israel, will flee by my mountain valley, for it will extend to Azel. You will flee as you fled from the earthquakes in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then Jehovah Elohai, or Jehovah my God, will come and all the holy ones with him. If you heard our last podcast, you know that the day of the Lord will be a dreary day for most of the world and a day of awe at the omnipotent might of our Elohim. Starting at verse 9, we read, Yehovah will be king over the whole earth. On that day, Yehovah will be Echad, or one, and his name will be Echad, one. Before the pandemic, we would joyfully sing this scripture at the end of Shabbat services. Mm -hmm. I look forward to rejoining the believers and singing this prophetic melody again. Zechariah 14 continues with descriptions of what will happen in the aftermath of the day of the Lord. Then, verse 16 mentions the next set apart time of Yehovah, following close behind Yom Kippur. Verse 16 and 17 say, then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the king, Jehovah Sabaoth, often translated as the Lord of Hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. If any of the peoples of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Jehovah Sabaoth, they will have no rain. Psalm chapter 2, verse 9, and Revelation chapter 19 verse 15 tell of the messiah who will rule the nations of the world with an, a rod of iron his authority will be absolute and his ruling will have the weight of law the nations who don't come to the feast of tabernacles won't get rain in their land you know it's hard to imagine that there will be people who have the benefit of knowing prophecies from genesis to revelation have come to pass yet they resist the rule of the messiah Psalm 2 gives a detailed description of the people with that mindset. Maybe we can discuss that in a future podcast. Okay. For as much turmoil and tribulation as there will be around the day of the Lord, there will be even more joy and celebration during Sukkot. Mama, the description of Sukkot that you read in Leviticus 23 talked about rejoicing. Let's talk about why there would be joy after such a solemn time. Well, Daddy, Sukkot tells us of a time of sheer joy because we will finally see Yeshua. We will be with him forever, and his ways will be the way things are. Imagine how peaceful the world would be if everyone treated their neighbor the way the Bible says we are to treat them. There would be no stealing, no need for violence, no marital infidelity, and most other problems in society would be gone. The Torah even instructs us about how to handle a neighbor's lost property. We're to take care of it for them and return it at the earliest opportunity. 
That will be the law of the land under Yeshua's reign, and we will get to be a part of his administration. Hey, great points, Mama. That reminds me of the nation of kings and priests that traveled through a wilderness led by the visible presence of Elohim. They lived in temporary structures surrounding a temporary structure that was patterned to be like the dwelling place of Elohim. As a nation of kings and priests, Israel had the opportunity to function as part of Elohim's divine administration in the earth. Israel's place in the administration has not changed. Instead, more kings and priests have been grafted into the administration. The idea of grafting in has special meaning during Sukkot. The word Sukkot means booth or temporary structure. The root word is Sakah, which also means to weave a protection. This makes me think of a Kevlar vest woven from very strong threads or chain mail of armor like the knights in Old England War. It is no accident that another name for Sukkot is the Feast of Ingathering. This reminds me of the nations of the world coming to celebrate Sukkot and to worship before Messiah Yeshua. Also, a part of the biblical celebration of Sukkot is 70 bulls being sacrificed to Yehovah. That number 70 in the Bible represents the nations of the world. It is a picture of the sins of the nations being dealt with. What a beautiful picture of the work of Messiah Yeshua. It really is a beautiful picture, Mama. Revelation 7, verse 9, talks about that mixed multitude we mention so often from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our Elohim, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. We will be there with others from every people group, woven together into the family of Elohim. In the Bible times, the festival of ingathering meant harvesting the last of the fruit and vegetable crop before the cold weather set in. That ingathering foreshadowed Elohim's ingathering of people from every nation to rejoice and celebrate with Him. Knowing what believers from around the world have endured while holding fast to their faith in Elohim, we have every right to rejoice. There will be no more sadness or sorrow forever. Earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that Sukkot lasted for seven days with an extra day at the end. That eighth day is called the last great day. The number seven in scripture represents completion. The seven days of Sukkot represents Yeshua's millennial reign on earth, a time of complete joy after Yeshua's complete victory. The number eight represents new beginnings. In the context of Sukkot, we look forward to a time when Elohim will make all things new. In Revelation 21 verse 1, the apostle Yochanan, or John, actually saw a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. In verses 3 through 5, Yochanan wrote, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, Elohim's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and Jehovah himself will be with them and be their Elohim, or their God. He will wipe away 
every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and plan to wait with the conquered nations to join in the Sukkot celebration? Or would you take the red pill and start celebrating Sukkot, which Jehovah said is an eternal ordinance over 3,000 years ago? Only you can answer that question. So, Tim, what should we do to celebrate Sukkot? Until we can celebrate it in Jerusalem, you can make yourself a sukkah at your home or celebrate with others who are observing this joyful appointment. Tim and I will be camping out with like-minded people, and we hope to share our experience with you at a later date. Be sure to take off the first and eighth day of Sukkot. Be mindful to rejoice and proclaim our Elohim to others because Jehovah has been good to us throughout the year has covered us on this very special day and is worthy of all praise. Amen, Mama. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.